Hey everyone, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to help us discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey Zena. Hi. And I'm John. <laughs> if you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to click around the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? Roadkill. So I watched... <laughs> <laughs> you should watch out for Parasites. Yeah. Well, I watched this movie called Roadkill, a.k.a. Road Train, on Prime Video from 2010. So it's basically about these four campers who are stalked by a sinister, driveless truck in the Australian outback. And, you know, we're trying to figure out if they'll survive or not. I feel like the <laughs> synopsis completely gives it away because I really didn't read the synopsis. I just thought the poster was cool, so I just clicked on it. So <laughs> in the movie, there are, like, these people there's like four of them they're friends or supposed friends there's something real weird going on uh in their friendship group like it's it's a couple but someone wants to be with someone else someone slept with someone's partner like it's just very messy and that will be exposed even more because of this truck um but anyway yeah so they're coming back from camping and uh they're driving on the road they see like this uh, like this freight truck like driving and they decide like hey let's slow down so the person will honk their horn you know and yeah the person does not honk their horn the person pretty much ramps them off the road and they get into this horrible crash in the desert where there's nobody you know around and they're like oh I can't believe he just kept going they look around and he didn't keep going he's right across the street parked so they're like you know what <laughs> I'm going to go over there. So luckily no one was really hurt or too hurt. Someone did break their arm, like bone popping out and all. It was pretty cool um, for <laughs> me to see. I wouldn't want that happening for to me. me to see. <laughs> yeah. So they go across the street and then from there, creepy things start happening. Um, I'll stop right there because I really do feel like it has like a really cool like vibe to it. It's like unpredictable. I really didn't know where it was going. And something I thought was really cool, on the hood of the truck, there's, like, a three-headed dog. So I guess that's, um, is it called Cer Cerberus, like, based on the Greek mythology? Cerberus. Cerberus, yeah. yeah. So the guards of the gates of hell, and it's just like, whoa, what's that about? And we, we kind of don't know. We kind of find out a little bit, but I kind of like that they didn't go too detailed with it. Um, but, yeah, it's very uh, demonic base. It's very bloody. Um, I feel like this is different from stuff that I've watched before. Like, so I feel like if you like strange indie horror and the uh, originality in this one, I think that you may enjoy it. It's on Prime, but I also did see it on Tubi as well. Nice. Just one this week? Oh, yeah, there's just one. Oh, and oh, <sighs> just a warning, too. Just a quick warning with this movie. Um, So uh, I, I had the volume up. You know, and, you know, because I was like, you know, wiping and cleaning, like wiping off my table and everything like that. And um sounded like you said Valium, but I was like, oh, OK, so you, you party, you party no, hard. No, the, the, sound, the sound was up. And, yeah, you yeah. know, um, I had my windows open because it was like cool, like, you know, last week it wasn't like a million degrees. And yeah. the, the movie opens up with a crazy spicy scene. So you might want to like turn down the volume you and like, be careful of your neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of live on a hill, so there was like an echo, you know. <laughs> so FYI, you know, maybe turn down the volume. Don't watch. Don't watch it at work. Yeah, don't watch it at work. But yeah, that's at least that's headphones what I on. Just one. 
<laughs> How about you, Megan? Uh, I watched uh, Blue Monkey on Tubi, and the IMDb synopsis cracks me up. I mean, it sounds pretty harmless. Detective Jim Bishop and Dr. Rachel Carson must find a way to stop a giant monstrous insect that's eating people in her quarantined hospital before it procreates and spreads a deadly infection that it's carrying. So that's not entirely wrong. (laughs) But I also think it's giving Detective Jim Bishop and Dr. Rachel Carson way too much credit. Um, So this one was released in 1988. Uh, It is from director William Fruitt, um, who did Killer Party, which is a Xena favorite. I think Killer Party is probably the more fun of the two. But if you're looking for like goopy, slimy creature feature, this is definitely that. It's funny because it's called Blue Monkey. I'm not sure why it's called Blue Monkey. There is like this tiny shot at the very end of a stuffed blue animal that might be a monkey. But the title card is insect exclamation point, which is more apt. (laughs) Sounds a little bit more generic, but you know, it is about an insect. It's like some, it's Canadian. Um, There's this, it opens with like this old guy who works for a landscape company. Maybe he owns a landscaping company, but he's visiting another senior citizen pal and she shows him this rare plant it looks like an orchid that she's just been sent from this new volcanic island in micronesia (laughs) and it like stings him he's like i don't see any thorns well (laughs) then he drops he pretty much collapses in her driveway and goes to the hospital and what happens is is chaos this is like one of those small towns and this hospital is kind of small and it looks more like a clinic at least when it opens it kind of show more of it later but uh, there's something like it stung him. There's something there. It's how ha- it's having the, it's turning gangrenous right away. He's fall. It's, it's almost like the blob kind of set up and hmm. then it kind of turns into almost like aliens, but with its insect. Ooh. Um, but like at one point they're trying to figure out what happens and she's with him because she brought him to the hospital and she's trying to explain that, that a plant did this and they shoo her out. They don't care about <laughs> answers. And at one point, like he spits up this slimy white larva out of his mouth and the doctor is just she reminded me of prometheus i very much got prometheus vibe a little bit of arachnophobia a little bit you know prometheus in the sense that these doctors were really dumb she just (laughs) grabs a paper towel and puts it in a jar like no gloves nothing like why are why are you wanting to touch this thing i mean naturally it does evolve into this huge monster bug that's like a little bit in like ant a little bit well you can figure that out but it's mostly this wild b 80s movie great practical effects a whole lot of what the french toast is is these people's thought process in approaching this there's not much of a quarantine the detective only happens to be there because his partner was shot so it's just it's it's a wild movie if you like like killer party and you like that it kind of starts one way and ends very different type of movie then you probably will like blue monkey um also you know tiny early appearance from sarah paulie who is uh she went on to be the lead heroine in 2004's dawn of the dead so she's like a child who's like running around in this hospital as a patient so yeah okay it's a wild one (laughs) So there's no monkeys, like there are no monkeys. It's a title called Blue Monkey. There are no monkeys, except maybe a maybe a stuffed one at the end, maybe. But yeah, I don't 
I don't know where where else the, the, this, the title came from. Big fan of the Trolls franchise, I think. <laughs> nice. I'm going to watch it. And I had two this week. My first one that I had kind of mentioned last week after watch, or listening to the audio book uh, about the same subject was 1954's Creature from the Bat... 1954's Creature from the Black Lagoon, (laughs) which I got on VOD. Surprisingly enough, it wasn't available just to stream anywhere. A strange prehistoric beast lurks in the depths of the Amazonian jungle. A group of scientists try to capture the animal and bring it back to civilization for study. Uh, I get why this is a classic. It's it's very of its time. You know, it's kind of like when I was watching the thing from outer space. It's... there, people have really good coping skills for yeah. discovering these things that don't immediately induce trauma in their lives to know <laughs> that they are not alone, that there are evolutionary missing links existing in the Amazon, that in no way, shape, or form is there anything else to worry about while they're thinking about this thing. Uh, but the thing that got me more than anything, and my, probably because I listened to the audiobook too, was the suit itself mm-hmm. and yes the suit's good and everything else but it's the fact that it was practical and they had swimmers yeah someone wore that costume underwater and swam better than i can swim without a co- in just a swimsuit <laughs> I know. it it was i mean i understand that there are excellent swimmers out there and there were excellent swimmers back then but some of the the depths that they were going to in the costume and things like that, and obviously the creature design suit had to be so specific so as to not drown a person the moment that they get in the water. Yeah. And it kind of made me think about, like, the shape of the water and Doug Jones and taking, basically taking up the mantle of the creature. Mm-hmm. And the safety steps now are so much more... Uh, like there's so much more safety on sets. There's still obviously issues on movie sets as unfortunately we've seen in, in the news, but I can't imagine being the person's like, yeah, I want to put that suit on and jump in the water. <laughs> like that had, I, that it, it kind of tear, it kind of made me claustrophobic watching it, realizing there's a person in that suit and they're swimming and I don't know how, <laughs> but all that said, it's also an enjoyable movie. I totally understand how this is uh, part of the Universal Monster universe and why it would be a classic. And I also understand why it took so long for anyone to remake it for, until Guillermo del Toro. Like, taking on a project like that, like, how do you redo the creature from the Black Lagoon for current audiences? And yeah, evidently when you do, you win Oscars. I don't know. <laughs> if you're Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, but um, I wouldn't say he remade, remade it so much as he was like, you know what? He deserved to have romance. Yeah. And, and I guess, and that was another fact that that was part of the book that was kind of interesting to me. Cause I didn't know any of the lore about the creature from the black lagoon, the production, anything like that. But the concept of what they went through script revisions and the, the motivation for the creature and the concerns about the bestiality angle <laughs> and all that other stuff was like, I, what, why, huh? And then obviously the shape of water does take it to another level. Yeah. But I I was I was very impressed by a lot of it. And yeah, I totally get why this is a universal classic. And if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Like be like me. Wait a really long time in your life to see classics and then go see them. And then maybe you appreciate them more. Cause I don't know. If I'd seen this when I was 20, I'd have I might have been like, whatever. It's a black mm-hmm. and white with a guy in a rubber suit. I don't know. 
it's really good. Also, as just a very hyper niche, like, bit of trivia, I guess. I don't know what you would call it. But I have a Universal Classic Monsters box set, Blu-ray box set. And I also have a PS4 VR. And I was playing around with it one day. I popped in Creature of the Black Lagoon in my PlayStation to watch. And it asked if I wanted to watch in 3D. And I was like, yeah. So you can watch 3D movies on the PlayStation VR. I don't know if the new gen will let you. I don't know how that works. But the old gen, like the the PS4 version can. So you can watch this in 3D, which (laughs) I did. And it is very nice because this was originally released in 3D in in the 50s. Yeah, I forgot about that from the book because there's a couple of scenes where I was like, that's a weird shot. Like, why are they doing it? Like, you know, like watching Jaws 3D and there's just like a hand slowly. Where you can tell they definitely yeah. made it for 3D. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, here's the five scenes that we're making specifically for 3D. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's it so crazy that there were so many canceled, like, remakes, you know, throughout the years that I recently yeah. found out about. But I think it's probably uh, exactly why you said, John, maybe it's just hard to do. I mean, even now. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I I understand a lot of it. Redoing any of the Universal monsters is difficult, and it's probably along the same lines of how I feel about werewolves, right? Like, it's tough for me to get into werewolf movies. Like, I just there's something about the concept, so I totally understand. Oh, Fishman, awesome! <laughs> like, I could totally see like polling or test audiences not being interested. So it takes a real visionary. <laughs> And someone who's creates such visionary like movies and vision and, and aesthetically pleasing movies to do something like that. So yeah, go check it out. And then I got kind of excited because Tubi thinks that being February got their new lineup, and part of it is Studio Six Six Six, which was released in twenty twenty two. Legendary rock band Foo Fighters move into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much anticipated tenth album. And horror ensues, I suppose you could add at the end of that. So I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. My wife is too. Um, you know, like Taylor Hawkins passing away was devastating. And and just Dave Grohl as a, really a rock and roll icon. And I look at Dave Grohl a lot like how I look at Stephen King. It is not just amazing at what they do, but also a fan of their genre and craft. That they're like, yes, go do it. Like, no, it's awesome. Yeah, you suck right now, but who cares? Go. Like, it's not immediate success, whatever. Like, you know, you're supposed to struggle. You're supposed to be bad. You're supposed to all this. Yeah. And so I remember first hearing about it being released, and I didn't see it in the theaters or anything. And then I then I started seeing some buzz that it was getting released in uh, other, other territories, like Australian stuff on, like, Australian Netflix and things like that. And internationally it's been getting a really good following which is i think probably why Tubi picked it up and so i'm like well i have to check it out and at first i was like what the hell is this <laughs> like this is the foo fighters like this is this day and age what i realized i was watching was a 1980s slasher movie with better film and recognizable characters that's all it was and i totally get why there would be people who wouldn't like it because it is cheesy and it is ridiculous and over the top and whatever but to me it just felt like a digital version of the slasher movies that i love from the 80s dialogue's a little cheesy the acting's a little cheesy the kills are super gory and splattery and just delightful um (laughs) and it was just fun it was a fun time like i get i and i get that old side of me that would have been like this isn't 
good. But that wasn't the point. The point wasn't to make a, an amazing, polished, you know, new age horror movie. Just make a slasher. Just make mm-hmm. a silly slasher based around music. And I thought they did a really good job. And I had a lot of fun watching it. And it's definitely just a popcorn movie. Just like, yeah, let's turn on something that's going to be silly and splattery. Why not? Let's check out Studio 666. This was on Prime Video for a good while. <clears throat> was it? I never yeah. saw it pop up for me. Weird. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I went to VOD theaters, VOD, and then I saw it on Tubi, uh, not Tubi, Prime Video for the longest time. So I guess it's branching huh. out into other streaming services now. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, it's available on Tubi now if, if anyone's interested in checking it out. Okay. Before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I checked out Roll Kill from 2010 on Prime Video. I watched Blue Monkey, which does not have any monkeys. <laughs> and that's on Tubi. Blue Monkey-less. Blue Monkey-less. And I watched Creature from the Black Lagoon, 1954's Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I rented on VOD, and then Studio 666 on Tubi. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So some some people probably already noticed we didn't do any questions at the top. That's because we're going to answer some questions in the middle in lieu of news and upcoming new releases. We have some questions, some roundtable questions that we thought that we would chat about for a little while and see how that goes. So first question, you're stuck in the last horror movie you watched. <laughs> I just imagine Megan saying, I don't see any monkeys. Where the hell are the monkeys? <laughs> What movie is it, and how would you survive? Uh, let's start with you, Zena. Okay, so I'm just going to stick with Roadkill, a.k.a. Road Train. Um, okay, for some reason, if I was going camping in the middle of nowhere in Australia, in a desert, um, I would just walk. <laughs> so at, at this point, because they, it's kind of a spoiler, not really, it's in the synopsis and somewhat, these people, they decide to take the truck and drive. Which is like, okay, so now you're stealing. I understand the person knocked you off the road. But at this point, no, I'll just walk. They had multiple opportunities just to walk. You'll be better off. Yeah, your legs will be on fire. You probably run out of water, but I'd rather just die at the side of the road. And not in a demon truck. Um, But say for some reason, yeah, I'm pretty sure eventually you'll see someone. Because... You'll see someone, and you you could get a ride. So that's how I would try to survive. No demon trucks just, for me. God forbid it happened, but if Xena was ever in a situation like that, and we, we hear news reports, they found her body on the side of the road, is it bad that evidently we have to take solace and she died how she wanted to die? I mean, okay, <laughs> if you had a choice, would you rather be in a demon truck sucking the life out of you for gas Oh, which you rather walk? This Just is walk. like the human juice box here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think often of uh, what was it? Just like a long time ago, there was a question on how we would survive horror movies or something. And Zena was like, "I wouldn't. I would just lay yeah. down and die." Because I mean, yeah. when, if there's if someone's chasing me, I get very yeah. startled. So my legs would collapse. But in this but case, if like, 
It, this is true to character. Yeah. You you would just be like, I just walk. If I die, you know, whatever. That's it happens. It. At least I'm not not a human juice box for a demon truck. Yeah, and it's like pretty much everybody in the movie kind of sucked, minus one person. So it's just like mm. I'd rather just walk than be around. He belonged any in that demon. demon truck. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's you fair. don't. You just walk it out. Mm-hmm. All right, Megan. How about you? Uh, well, I think it's probably safe to say that I would take one look at the chaos and incompetence in this clinic and walk out (laughs) without being treated, therefore missing any kind of pretty lax, if I say so, quarantine. But yeah, like that. Sorry, I just got to go back and say this one more thing about this crazy movie. (laughs) The, the The old lady who brought the guy, she ends up getting quarantined and she's fine. But then her friend comes to visit her in the hospital and walks through an emergency exit. And the doctor's like, you just walked through an emergency exit. How? How could she have walked through this emergency exit? How? And why is the emergency exit right next to her hospital bed? Exactly. Of hospital is this? <laughs> so you know, I would just be walking out, be like, "Nah, no, nah, hit up the next one." <laughs> My injury's fair. not that bad. Right? It sounds yeah. like a that's a good plan. That's the that's the theme. We're walking it out here, John. What are you doing? I'm kind of the same. I'm just leaving. Yeah, uh, you just so, leave. So part of the conceit of what's going on is uh, sorry, which I didn't really talk about at all when I was talking with Studio 666 is Dave Grohl gets possessed. It's not a huge spoiler. It just is. And then people start dying and, and there's some evil music that's clouding his <laughs> mind and everything else and everything that happens around that. But part of the conceit for the band is we're making the album. Let's hang around. Yeah, Dave's being weird. And any I, I assume any Foo Fighter fan out there assumes like, yeah, Dave's weird. Like, yeah, he probably gets really obsessed and crazy and wants to record stuff at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that sounds about right for him. But they stay because they're in the band. I feel like I'd be just be like, all right, guys, I'm going to leave because I haven't played a musical instrument since the sixth grade, and I can't hold a note. So I'm, I'll hey, catch you guys the, out there. Be the pizza delivery driver who just gets in the car and drives away. Yeah. Th- I mean, the, Bye. Yeah, to be fair, there were non-musicians in this movie who died, so there might be some way that I do end up dying. But for the most part, I'd just be like, oh, cool, Foo Fighters. You don't stick around. But I also thought that that was your dream to be a dead body, so... Well, Mm. it's my dream to be the dead body in a movie. You're making it sound like some weird fetish where (laughs) I just want to be dead. (laughs) No. No. No, I want to be... He just wants to lay down. Yeah, in real life, I leave. In the movie, I lay down. Okay. Then I'm just, then I'm cordwood on the pile of corpses at some point. But, but if Dave Grohl was like, look, we're filming a horror movie right now. We just need you to lay down in this pool of fake blood. Can you stick around for a bit? Then you'd be dead. Oh yeah. I'd totally be dead. Yeah. (laughs) And he might actually kill me. Yeah. And I'd be like, ah, you know what? I lived how I wanted to die or I died how I wanted to live. Yeah. Yeah. You died how you (laughs) wanted to live. Yeah. And they just dangle that temptation in front of you. You might be dead. So you have to work on the willpower now be like no i cannot play a dead body for you i may actually die i'm starting to realize that i'm a lot easier to kidnap as an adult (laughs) than i was as a kid (laughs) yeah you want to get in the van for candy no no i do not do you want to get in the van and play dead yes yeah oh you're a producer (gasps) nice i just got a card from a modeling agent too i'll stop by there afterwards that'll totally work out for me yep you're toast. You're toast. 
All right. Uh, for those of you familiar, the the movie Long Legs, starring Nicolas Cage, has been teased recently, along with four posters with their captions. For those of you interested in checking out those posters themselves, I've added the link in the show notes. But for us, we're going to do our quick little round the table to talk about which of the four is actually our favorite. I'll go first this time. And I was a little torn because of the two versions. The one where she's holding a knife to her belly is like, uh, all right, what's going on here? But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to see that at all. (laughs) And I don't know if it speaks volumes about my personality, but the one that I really like is where the people are covered with the bed sheet. So I'm like, what happened? And why are you sitting up? (laughs) Why aren't you laying down? I thought that's what dead bodies did. Crap, do I have to sit up when I'm being a dead body? That sounds like way more work, especially covering a bed sheet. They totally see me breathing. (laughs) But I really like the vibes of it. It felt a little bit more, I don't know why I thought Sinister when I saw it. I don't remember there being a bed sheet in Sinister, but it kind of felt like that home movie aspect. Yeah, it's got that super eight grain aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, like what what are we actually seeing going on here? Like is one of them going to move or something like that? But yeah, that was definitely my favorite was the uh, bed sheets. How about you, Megan? I I gotta be honest. I don't even know what I'm looking at with these images. They're just images. Like yeah. there's no context. So yeah. I think I'm just gonna have to go with the nun face planting into what maybe the hood of a car. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I mean, sounds good. Well, there is a there is this uh, uh title or that subtitle under it. Door to door, there she goes. Where she stops, nobody knows except for him. He knows. That one made me scream. Like that caption. Like what? What's happening? I need to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really it. I don't I don't know if I have any favorite images. I just want the movie in my eye holes. Yeah. Oh, and the uh, subtitle for mine for those of you who haven't been able to click on these, but we're just describing them is the Horn family, formerly family of four. Mother got it worst. Father said he needed Father said she needed it most. No signs of forced entry, November fourteenth, nineteen ninety two. Creepy. I, uh, oh, yeah. How about you, Zena? So, like Megan, I I love the one with the nun. And because, again, that caption, like, literally made me scream. But I do keep on going back and forth because the last one with the woman with the knife to her stomach, Mm -hmm. uh, Mrs. Camera, Mother, Father, Priest, Acts, 1975. It was a good day for a good girl to be at school. It's just like, what? You know? Like, I mean, I don't know why I smiled. It's terrible. But... (laughs) There's just something so intriguing about it. Like, it just feels like it's a puzzle and I can't wait to find out what's happening. That's fair. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a point of a good movie poster though, right? Is it's not supposed to give you answers. It's supposed to give you something where it's like, no, no, I want to see that. Right. Even if what you see is nothing like what's actually in the movie, it's. I just feel like they're they're doing such great marketing with this. It's keeping people curious and looking forward to each marketing campaign. But obviously everyone wants to check it out at this point. Yeah, I I do like that. And I obviously we've talked about that over the years that I don't really watch a lot of trailers or uh, really read much about horror movies before I see them. And Xena actively avoids trailers now, especially, which is no small feat when you're still active on Twitter and social media and stuff like that, I'm sure. Yeah. But <clears throat> I do really like, like, when Monkey Paw and, and some of these other studios are coming out, like, no, we're not going to tell you anything about it. Like, here's a trailer and go see it. Like, some people just, they spend their lives dissecting this yeah, stuff. I'm like, that doesn't sound fun to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, I remember one time I tried, I think the last time I tried doing that, 
I don't even remember what movie it was for, but I just got so overwhelmed. Like I just closed out my like browsers and shut down, like just slapped my computer. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> it was just too much. Yeah. It's just, it's, and I don't know if I can just handle the anticipation better now that I don't have to know the answer, but it's like, I don't want to guess. It's like, it's like looking for your presents on Christmas to me. Like, it's not fun if you actually figure it out. I don't want to, I don't want to analyze the trailer and then watch the movie. Oh, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. I want to be surprised. I want to be shocked a little bit, you know? All right. Next question. We have about 17 horror movie franchises that are coming back to life in 2024. Name an underrated horror movie franchise you'd love to see a new installment of. Um, Megan, let's start with you. Oh, goody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. I think I want something stupid. Like, give me mm-hmm. something really stupid like a Troll 3. Yeah. <laughs> totally unrelated. I don't care if we have a little boy pissing into weird <laughs> troll food. Death by popcorn. Just go nuts. Just go nuts. Give me some weirdness. I know. I was trying to think about it, too. I'm like, well, there's got to be at least two installments, right? Like, and obviously I, I'd want to see more Hell House LLC and mm-hmm. VHS, but I don't think that those would be considered underrated at this point. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of them are rated or above. Yeah. 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 People love them. Like they've, they've found their audiences. Uh, so, but what I was thinking about that, I do know at least people of fondness for the first one. And one of my favorites is uh grave encounters. Oh yeah. yeah. Did because you, you like the second one? The second one was okay it until the was... end. Yeah. I feel like and then they, the end, I was like, change it a little bit. Yeah. They kind of, I kind of liked the context. It was very meta in a way that kind of worked, kind of didn't. Yeah. Uh, but I love the concept of the 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 asylum in the first place, the Collingwood Institute, and just kind of what happens in there and just the stuff around it. Kind of along the same lines of like a House on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yeah. totally fine. You give me that scary place. And let's keep going back to it. I don't care. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. Like, new group of people, the next day, the next year, rediscovering it, rebooting it. But I think when you get that really great location, like, yeah, let's figure it out. I think you just, you know, just don't resort to really bad CGI at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Budgets, like, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, budgets are what they are. But I feel like sometimes you're like, okay, this is what our budget is. Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, is what it is. But uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of the franchise, at least the first one, and the promise in the 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 potential of the second yeah the one. potential in the second one. And I would totally be down to see another one or a reboot or whatever. How about you, Zena? I have a, a list, but um, <laughs> so the first one that came to mind. Well, the first two, I don't know how they'll be able to do it, but it's just because I really really love these franchises. So the first one is Phantasm. I love mm-hmm. it so much. I just think that it's just such a beautiful franchise. Um, and Warlock, you know, I love those oh, two sure. things. Yeah. But then the other ones that I think that could be, you know, fun, uh, Sleepaway Camp and Wishmaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd be down for more Sleepaway Camp for sure. Right? Be a good time. More Waxworks then. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, there yes. you go. Anything Dark Castle, I suppose. <laughs> 
I mean, they did have a, a House on Haunted Hill sequel. I just was not as fond of that one. Yeah, the sequel was a little bit rougher. Yeah, it, it, the, the, the ideas. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was something. It's a movie. It was there. <laughs> yeah, it was a movie, and it might be someone's favorite. You yeah. know, more power to you. It that it wasn't for me, but mm-hmm. you know what? But there's two of them, which means we can make three. There you go. All right, next question. Recommend a horror movie and non-horror movie that would be perfect as a double feature. This one actually came to me faster than I thought it would. Okay. And my double feature, and I I had a hard time with the second one, but I think this is a good choice. Okay. Is Man Bites Dog. Uh Uh-huh. The faux documentary about a camera crew following around a serial killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Because basically the same context, like same conceit. One's just ostensibly in the horror world. One of them is more true crime horror adjacent. But I was my coin flip was between Behind the Mask and Be My Cat. I wasn't oh. sure. I was like, I just, I like, I can watch Behind the Mask more than I can watch Be My Cat. I feel like Be My Cat is more horror anyway. So yeah. that would be like a horror John, like double feature versus a non horror movie yeah oh yeah oh i meant man bites dog is for sure the non-horror oh okay okay and then my coin flip was between be my cat and behind the mask i got you i thought you were parried okay yep no i'm just gonna go with behind the mask um how about you xena okay so i have two so pearl because i recently rewatched pearl and then uh uh, superstar from 1999 oh that is funny they both want to be stars with molly shannon from saturday night live she's hilarious the things that she does in that movie with the tree the superstar (laughs) yeah for those not familiar that's a mary Catherine gallagher bit from old saturday night live you can go look up Yes. When she gets really she... nervous, she puts her hand under her arms and then smells them. What if what if Pearl was really sweet and socially awkward? She might be she might be superstar. Right? I, I think what that if, they're the same. What if Pearl was less homicidally inclined? Yeah. And went yeah. to a private school. But more weird, less psychotic. Yeah. They were both always screaming, so it's just they, yeah. seems fitting. There you, go. you know, they um, would with they that. Would. Then the other one, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the one from 1971, mm-hmm. and um, Spellcaster from 1992, because I'm obsessed with that movie. People looking for a check, but technically no one's really looking for anything in Willy Wonka, but it's still like a game. Nice. nice. Be Megan. I kind of fell into this one by accident. Um, <laughs> Carl Weathers passed away. Yeah, R.I.P. Which meant, I know. Um, and I, you know, Predator, we've talked about a lot being super formative, um, super great movie. Mm. I was watching, <laughs> um, I'd never seen Action Jackson, so I watched that oh, this weekend. Yeah. And I realized what a perfect compliment this is to Predator because yeah. three actors from Predator show up. Craig T, not like, it, it's very much like an action movie quintessential action movie carl weathers is the title character action jackson he's a detective with kind of a uh 
what is the character's name from like Lethal Weapon or even John McClane where he has like a path of destruction that he's trying to leave in his past, oh, but then Martin like the Riggs. latest, yeah. yeah, the latest hijinks or the latest case has gotten him sucked into creating more chaos. Um, and Craig T. Nelson from Poltergeist mm-hmm. um, is the main villain. And at one point, Craig T. Nelson literally says, get to the chopper. So between like many different Predator actors showing up in this very heavy action movie led by Carl Weathers, uh, you got lines. I just like Predator, Action Jackson, perfect fit. I really hope people discover Action Jackson because I think I feel like that one gets forgotten about a lot in the pantheon of these great rogue cop movies. Yeah, it still is one of my favorite lines. It's so sweaty. Everyone is sweaty. It's like watching Predator Two. Like everyone is just sweating. Or even the first one. They're they're sweaty bad in the first one too. Yeah. And there was there's a line where like he he's like not allowed to go around like Crichton Nelson's family or something. And it was like why or something. He's like because he blew his kid's arm off. And he just stares at him. He had another. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Damn. That's cool. One liners. You have three different predator. Yeah, it's got everything. Isn't Sharon Stone in it too? She is. That's yeah, what I thought. she yeah. is. And Vanity. And Vanity. Oh, and Vanity. Vanity. That's right. She's kind of more of the the main damsel slash love interest. I thought it was going to be Sharon Stone going into it. It is yeah. not. No, I de- I want see now. I want to go watch X and Jacks. There you go. go <laughs> All right, and uh, last question. As a horror fan, we have horror collectibles. Share with us your favorite horror collectibles. Let's start with you, Megan. Oh, man. I was literally like, I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know what my favorite horror collectible would be because I don't don't really have a whole lot. I've got DVDs and I've got posters. (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to amend this question. I didn't write it, but I'm going to amend it. Now, you technically are a part of horror collectibles because of your pull quotes. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite all-time pull quote that's appeared on a DVD box? That's true. Oh, crap. You have so many. I don't have my quotes memorized either. I I do have um, a poster. I think I I literally got it from the Alamo Drafthouse because they they had a whole wall of these posters up. And I'm like, can I have one? And it was Mm -hmm. for Come to Daddy because... I'm pull quoted on there for yeah. it being like an absolutely insane crowd pleaser, which it is. Yes. <laughs> it's so weird. In fact, I was just telling my brother about raisin eyes. I don't remember the context, but I was explaining to him about raisin eyes and I'm like, but you don't have them. So you're okay. <laughs> that, that comes from come to daddy. So, I mean, I do have a poster framed of my pull quote on there. I, I'll, I'd count that for sure. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I like your quote from using... Sisu. I mean, you didn't ask me the other stuff, but oh, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty cool. I still have to see Sisu. That's really so want good to, too. I think I just keep waiting for it to show up on streaming on Paramount or something. I, yeah, I definitely need to check it out. Yeah, it's it's worth watching for sure. How about you, Zena? Um, I'm gonna say the baby bottle uh, from Barbarian that has the piece oh, of hair. God. Oh yeah. my gosh, I ne- I didn't get that, but I. It's, I wanted it, kind of. It's in my living room and um, on display <laughs> in the last case. Right near, I have, um, what else do we have down there? We have some stuff for uh, the night house that's in there. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted my husband to feel like he's a part of some stuff. So I put something in there for him, too, of Metal Gear Aww. Solid. So, yeah, but I'm telling you, that baby bottle, it is a great conversation piece. I can only imagine. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's definitely would you rather material right there. <laughs> would you rather die in a pit or <laughs> drink the bottle? Or put that in your mouth. I mean, oh. you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a collector really by any means, honestly. Like I, but we know you have cool stuff. I do have some cool stuff. stuff. I do have some cool stuff. Uh, the one I really like the talk to me hand again, not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. I appreciate what it is though. It's multi-purpose now. It's a Swiss army hand. (laughs) It's not multi-purpose yet for now. It's still a collectible in pristine condition. Fair, fair. Uh, yet. Uh, actually the one that I like, it's not even necessarily, I, I call it a horror collectible. It's not necessarily movie related, but it's actually the haunted vodkas That's what that I, I have ask you about. Yeah. from yep. hard and vodka. And I, I didn't get the first time when we first started doing the podcast, the first Halloween or the first October that was wrong. It, it must've been within the first few weeks we started doing this. Yeah. Megan had, had read the news about this bottle is going to be kept in like Annabelle's house. I can't remember where the first one was. Yeah. And... We're only making some, we had, they had like 66 bottles of them they were selling or whatever. And I bought a few for some of my narrators as, as thank yous. And I, Aww. my wife wouldn't let me have one in the house. I remember this. Yeah. So I no bought one from, you. yeah. So I bought one from my friend. Well, my <laughs> friend still had it and hadn't opened it. So I have it again. Like we did a barter and I got it back. Ah. So, so I actually have all, is it four years of it now at this point? One of the bottles is admittedly open, which I feel a little bad about now because I was like, oh, well, who knows? This isn't going to last. So I did actually, we did actually open one of the bottles last Halloween to have some. Uh, I just love the idea. It's just yeah. fun. I love it yeah. when companies, whether they're alcohol or not, just come up with just a cool idea. The boxes are super cool. Like the way that they're like designed. I love the Ouija board one that I have. Um, and Hardened Vodka now. We might start seeing a heck of a lot more because Ryan Murphy of American Horror Story fame is a part of, I think he's like their CFO or something. He got hired on. Like he's a part of their business now. So it might start popping up on some Hulu and FX shows. Um, And I just think it's really cool that it's kind of cool as a person who's never done it to have seen something when it started and been like, oh, cool. I want to be a part of that. And then it keeps going like, oh, cool. Like now people are really getting into this. Like, that's really fun. That's awesome. That is. Yeah. You also have a piece of the Evil Dead cabin, which I think is neat. Oh, my God. I can't believe yeah, I forgot on, about John, that. It's in everything. my desk, too. I know. I haven't signed a document <laughs> with it for a while. I don't have everything. So, yes, I, I think I only talked about it the once. Is I, I own a, a fountain pen that was made out of wood from the evil dead two cabin. So like the so body of it. Snazzy. Was, yeah. And it's got like a, it's got like a skull head on it and everything. I think I signed my refinancing my mortgage with it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says finalized like a Kandarian dar- dagger pen. Yeah. Like I know this is the house I'm going to die in. <laughs> so... <laughs> oh my God. We talk about dying a lot in this episode. Zena, you're going to be on the side of the road, okay? I can die in my house. At least you'll be warm. Well, no, it's hot, yeah. so. At least that won't be a human juice box. It's warm here. It's like 40s. There's boxes. no snow. It's amazing. Dying in a kidnapper van down by the river because they teased him with a part for a dead body. It's all, yeah, lots of, lots yeah. of ways to die in this episode. All, all things considered, when I actually do die, it's not going to be nearly as interesting as it could have been. It's going to be real boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
lot of missed opportunities on this one. The epitaph will read of all the ways he wanted to die. <laughs> this isn't then, how he wanted to go. Yeah, it's got a list of them, too. I'm he did gonna, not this, this, this. Wasn't I'm just a... going to tell him to put a GoPro in my casket so I finally get to be a dead body on camera. Oh, my God. VHS 95 or whatever. There was a movie. I think it was like a non-horror movie where this guy found out how he died. Or maybe, I don't even remember. Was it My Boyfriend's Back? Where the he found out how he died. He was supposed to slip on a banana pill and he was upset about that or something. Well, that's fair. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You don't ever think about that concept of like finding out how you die. That it's going to really suck. Like you just think, oh, car accident or old age or or whatever. Not, no, you're going to like be getting out of the shower, slip and fall. Like, oh, oh crap. <laughs> Bummer. Clean. At least you're clean. And that's the Bloody yeah. Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. <laughs> if you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel the same name, or at Lovely Xena on Twitter, and as head of the Bloody Disgusting TikTok account. And you can hear me on my weekly Horror Narration podcast, Creepy, which is now three days a week. Not so much weekly. Tri-weekly, I suppose? I, I need a vacation. <laughs> Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all things Bloody Disgusting on TikTok at BeDisgusting. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, watch something you love, just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody Disgusting.